Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to mortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. Uh, last session... We uh, finished the exchange with poor Alphonse. I uh, saved Dust's life after he gave the kid a dagger and held it to his throat. Um, then uh, we got him back, sent him in the house. Um, Cobalt and Asmodei uh, had meetings and then they returned to the inn. Uh, Dust decided to trail the, the, the villains. And as he was gone... While Leo and Asmodei were arguing, Cobalt realizes that Alphonse is a changeling and decides to brutally murder a small child. Many hearts were broken by this death and um, they were sent away from the inn and then we had a funeral for poor Alphonse as Asmodei and Cobalt went and stayed at the lion's den. Then uh, Asmodei finished up his negotiations to solidify his role as protector of the banquet as Leo and Dust rested up to prepare to rob the very same banquet. Which I find, find to be a interesting contrast of uh, like both sides of the party. <laughs> Alright, um, let's see what you get. Uh, Leo, roll me a 1d3 really quick. Or a 1d4. And just disclude the 4 or some shit. One. Right, let's see what you get. You got uh, plus one on hit dice for the day. Cool. All right. We see Cobalt and Asmodei going uh, by the cliffside uh, from the Jade Hill Estate going downward. And what you guys do notice is that the Jade Hill Estate, uh, one of the highest points within Drogue Port, next to uh, the lighthouse in the distance. Then after that, like the second like highest elevation is uh, the Jade Hills itself. Then the Blighted Slums. Then the really shitty part of the Blighted Slums is where the worst part of the community is. Uh, as you guys know, like it has different elevations for flood season. Well, as you're going down, you do notice that flood season is getting worse for the like bad district as the water starts to creep upwards. Um. Just as a reminder, uh, I believe uh, the Earl said some long lines of needing to uh, get into the Magical Inquisition or at least like uh, uh, become a follower of Siam and Nahash in some way. After that, like uh, the Jade Hill itself, like as you guys are walking down, like there's emerald green grass, like there's actual cobblestone streets. Every like manor, every manor and estate has like a statue of Siam. Which basically has like the giant serpent that you guys see in the sky, either wrapped around his uh, shoulders, but uh, always covering uh, his naked body. The blind god wears a blindfold with like swords, daggers, axes, planets, back and stuff. And uh, in his hands, you can usually see him outstretched with a tentacled sun wrapped around it. You see many different variations of the statue at each estate. What you guys do notice walking um you do see uh carriages going to the estate 
uh, with various different cargoes from uh, magical artifacts going from uh, the magical Inquisition, like uh, like basically the south end of the city. Um, other things you see is, uh, weirdly enough, you see potions, you see pixies uh, and fairies, like in case in bottles, like <laughs> slamming at the bottles, like screaming for help. And uh, you do see like various beasts and demons being transported. During this entire time seeing this transport, do you guys have any reactions or anything that, uh, any plans for where you guys want to go? Okay, Cobalt, here's plan. I just have to stop by, let my boss know of what's going to be happening, and then you and I, we can head over uh, and check that location that he told us about where the fake felon usually meets uh usually meets people. Does that sound good? So Cobalt no know where it is, but so Cobalt need rely on Metal Man. On fine place. Duh. Don't worry, we will find it. I I know where it is. More or less. So as you guys are heading towards that location, you do notice one uh, a caged carriage. You see a weird thing. It looks like an owlbear. So imagine this is a different variant, just before you guys get confused. You guys see, like, the head of an owl with antlers on top and damn near uh, bat-like wings. The thing's covered with uh, a variation of uh, fur and feathers. It stands on two legs with uh, talon-like feet. Its arms has batty, uh, leathery wings. It grips at the bars as it stares at you guys walking by. As it's being transported along, you do see like each one of these beasts and demons does have a fair amount of greyhounds and the few amount of guards like uh, overseeing the transport. And can, uh, Asmodai, uh, Kobold, can you both make a perception check? And tell me what you get. 23 for uh, Kobold, huh? Uh, Kobold, you have very little time to react. But you do, I will give you one action. You notice that the bars underneath where it's grabbing have been clawed at and weakened. And it looks like one good, like, brute force, like, push, and this thing could easily get out of its cage. And you see, like, uh, through its, like, white, beady eyes that it is about to do that. How do you react to this situation? Uh, are we essentially, like, right next to it right now? You guys can give me general distance. I'd assume like 15, 20 feet away from the carriage to give it space. Yeah, and if it's being escorted, yeah. we're, we would be further away. We also wouldn't be its first target. Yeah, so like, Cobalt is going to take the dodge action as he jumps away, screaming, Oh no, big thing about to escape! Well, since he actually said it like that, I'll give Asmodai an action as well, like, before anything happens. Uh, you see that the guards are visibly confused by that. Alright, looking at the cage, um, I will also take a step away, taking the dodge action, saying, You guys might want to deal with that, it seems like it's about to escape. Cobalt, you said that in common? Uh, he did say it in common, yes. They readied their weapons and look at the beast, not understanding what you're saying, and you see the beast hesitate like it understood you, and watching you specifically, Cobalt, angrily. It doesn't escape, it just... Looks at you now. You see the beast. Cobalt still close with it, but like peeked one open. Yeah. 
it is staring daggers into you, memorizing your face. And you just hear the ricketing of the cart as they continue to pull forward with the lingering glare of that beast following. Cobalt, feel good inside head. That is good, Cobalt. Now, let us get out of the Jade Hills and head back down the slums. Uh, well, if you're heading to uh, specifically the house that uh, uh, Fake Fallon went to, uh, that's actually in the Jade Hills. No, that's that's not where we're going. I have to let. I have to first let. Uh, Solomon's know what is going on, and then we can go do that. Alright, so we can uh, expedite the process, saying that uh, you guys uh, go through the toll and Soldier's Path, go through, like, uh, the claustrophobic alleys and, like, uh, clustered buildings of uh, the Blighted Slums with uh, uh, clothes hangers and uh, clothes acting as drapes and uh, curtains as you guys uh, walk through the alleys. As you, uh, go along it's a little harder to find solomon this time but eventually you do see his back as he's uh talking to a, f a few recruits and uh talking to uh one one of uh the lieutenants actually and he is you know trying to enforce better training is what you're getting the gist from uh, uh the conversation as you walk up hey boss just want to let you know we're good to go for tonight and he looks back at you with a smile and goes, Oh, that's great to hear, Asmodai. How did you pull that one off? Talking, giving mostly truth, uh, making sure to emphasize how sucky the Greyhounds were, and emphasizing that we will be better. Well, that's splendid to hear. We're going to have a good cheers after a successful mission tonight. And he looks around at the lieutenant, who now, like, uh, looks downcast, and he feels a pat of Solomon as you cheered up his mood. If everything goes well, drinks on me, boys. And he gives you both a smile. Um, with that out of the way, what else do you do? Uh, other than that, I mean, we talked about all the details. He's going to handle the details. He knows that I'm basically going to be foe in charge what the job is we're protecting the artifacts but at the same time we're going to be getting some kickbacks from uh good old captain fallon uh yeah and then i will just uh let him know to have whoever is going to be leading the guards to meet me about an hour or two before uh the the ball begins at the estate i'll make sure he knows all the protocols and things he needs to say to get past the guards all that all those nitty-gritty details and such yep. things. Yep, And he nods along, and, you know, like, a, one lieutenant also hears along. So, uh, after that, like, uh, you guys iron out the details, and I assume you guys uh, go along back to the Jade Hills quick to uh, investigate the location. Yes. Alright. As you're going along, uh, Mega, or Cobalt, as you're uh, walking along, you do notice, like, headless vultures stalking you, watching you, with that abdominal eye staring at you unblinking as you guys are walking along just kind of like saying out loud to himself why always big scary birds staring at cobalt <laughs> as you guys uh, go to the location you do realize that it's out of everything in the jade hills is probably the one building that hasn't been clearly taken care of it's like the one trap house in a good community and you guys do like, uh, do you guys knock at the door at the state because windows are boarded up, uh, shingles are falling off, uh, grass is overgrown, 
it seems like a a weird place in such a good neighborhood. Hearing that it's a, a or knowing that it's a meeting spot for gangs, um, will I'll, I'll start looking around and see and have Cobalt help me see if we can find another way in just front door. Um. All right. Uh, do me a little bit of investigation to both of you. See if you can find that unconventional method or some alternative way in. Would it be investigation or perception? Uh, because you're actively trying to find like some specific like that. I, I still think it'd be investigation. I will assist you uh, there, Cobalt, because <laughs> I'm guessing you got better investigation than I do. In fact, you would be correct. Shocking. 24. Mm -hmm. uh, you do find like uh, one of the windows in the back seems to have uh, loose boards, and if you were to take off the boards, it wouldn't make uh, too much noise, just to casually take them out if you wanted to enter through the window. How big is the window? Because Asmodai isn't small. You ever seen, like, uh, the fo foyer kind of uh, windows where it's, like, fucking, like, a good six, eight feet, like, a large panel kind of dealio? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I can't remember the exact terminology for it, but it's... It used to be a nice window. It used to be a nice window, but not anymore. It, it's shattered glass and covered with wood. If you want to take it off, you could easily get through this window. All right. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the boards off very quietly. Mm -hmm. You uh, take off the boards very quietly. Um, I'm not even going to have you do stealth checks since I told you specifically it wouldn't make too much noise. So you uh, take off the boards and it smells like black mold and dust do you guys enter you guys enter before cobalt enters he's going to just casually stretch his arms up and then press them into his chest as he puts a mage arm around himself okay uh you do exactly that we see sheen go over your body and you guys enter and i'm gonna say mega you're not you're not ignorant towards this kind of dealio you do see, like, one silhouette, and that is of a large snake. There's nothing casting the shadow. Um, other than that, like, uh, this seems like an empty building with broken furniture. Um, basically, mold, it just mold everywhere. This place is falling apart, but you don't see a person in sight. Nothing but a, a snake-shaped shadow with no snake. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, if you think about it, this shape reminds you of... Uh, the, the time that you were at the trap house with uh, uh, with Jacked, who uh, got uh, caught up when you are helping out uh, Gregory find his uh, son and uh, daughter. Yeah, Kobo kind of like tugs on Middleman's armor and uh, points at the shadow. You see it? Would I have any indication of what that means? Um, I'm going to say you're not ignorant towards it. You, you work down. In um, the slums, you work with gangs, you're familiar with the wild ones. I'm sure that they've tried tricks of, you know, peering out of nowhere to fuck with you guys. So, yeah, you understand the implication that something's happening in the unseen public. Uh, uh, this is what I was not hoping. I really did not want to go there. Mm, I have less subtle means of getting their attention. What do you do? Cobalt, what do you want to do what do you think i'd rather not go into the unseen public not a fan of drug paraphernalia drug use i will stop myself yeah i i i want i want to imagine like as you were about to say paraphernalia you like <laughs> just looked at cobalt's face 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I forgot who I was talking to. Oops. But uh, I don't know. This is probably a good night. Like, Kobo have lot of. Up oh, it's a sack full of drugs. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, by the way, when we go to the party tonight, don't bring that. <laughs> Executable offense. Dusty Kitty give Cobalt lots of it, but Cobalt wasn't able to give to others, so Cobalt just have it now. So, before we go any further, uh, Cobalt, can you roll me, like, uh, 1d20 plus 5? Uh, 23 total. The, the amount of num tongue that you have on you is... Just having one is enough to kill you. This might actually be a spur to investigation if you're caught with it. Other than that, like, uh, do you show him uh, your uh, sack of dust? And you know what? Since we're since we're in a shady a shady building in the middle of a nice district, uh, just like oh, couple also have this. That might be an alternative method of get, getting there without getting high. Uh, he has a uh, sack of uh, basically a, a shimmering gold dust which is a main component for uh, making this drug. And this dates back to, I believe, uh, episode five of like uh, session three, where uh, you guys tried to save uh, Andrea and you ended up with a sack of this shit. All right. Well, the way that I see it, we have one of two options. There is the more subtle approach where we use your dust to try and get into the unseen public and ask some questions once we get there or b my less subtle approach of getting their attention though it will probably take off the wild ones so wild ones already not like kobo mm -hmm. yeah, any other ideas they don't already like you but do you want them to be even angrier at you not like kobo but for some reason captain kobo anyway in city it's quite a predicament you find yourself in. <sighs> decisions, decisions, decisions. Burn down this house, or go in and try and talk. <sighs> Question, DM. Um, what is our relationship right now with the Wild Ones? Do we have any open peace agreements with them? Anything like that? What, what's our relationship with them? Like? Crimson Fist? Yeah. Uh no, you guys are uh, hostile towards each other. Uh, they try to take your land, you try to take theirs, so it's not too much of a stretch to burn down one of their uh, houses. And I forget, when you're in the unseen public, you're not you're not aware of what's going on in the physical world, right? It's kind of a separate uh, plane, more or less. It reflects what happens in the real world. So if people are walking by, you can see like the people walk by. If there's a fire around the house, you can see the fire in the house as it breaks down, but it doesn't affect the actual location you're at in the unseen public from what you guys observe so far. Okay. Um, Alright. So, Cobalt, here is what I'm thinking. Tell me if you like this idea or not. Have you used your talents to light... To begin to light part of this place ablaze. Few things will happen. Guards will probably come, people will see smoke, be concerned, but hopefully whoever is in the unseen public right now, if there is anyone in there, will also begin to see building catch on fire and hopefully will come out and then we can go from there, we can watch from distance 
and wait until we see commotion and then we can eh, deal with things accordingly. Or we go into the unseen public, which I really do not want to do with just the two of us. Maybe once and with Dusty Kitty and it very feels strange. Cobalt no no if if public place safe for Cobalt? It probably isn't. Maybe better if Cobalt have other Cobalt friends if go in public place. Now it's Asmodai's turn to look confused. Mm-hmm. What do you mean other Cobalt friends? No, Cobalt friends. Yes, the what, what do you mean by that? Maybe Cobalt talk with Dusty Kitty and hopefully Dusty Kitty not hate Cobalt now. I mean, we can do that in the future, but we're here now. Might as well deal with the situation. Unless you don't want to continue looking for color, and we can do that tomorrow after you talk with Dusty Kitty. I'm doing... We're here because I promised you that after my business, we would, we would begin working on your business. At the mention of the collar, Kobold had like a few flashes of, of previous conversations with Master. No, 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 Kobold! Kobold should definitely find collar of color here! Okay, just so we're clear, I don't think your collar is here. But if Fallon Man may be here, or someone know Fallon Man, Kobold find them. Death. Then Kobold act the Metal Man really think... Like, looks to Shadow. Nay, person up here if burned down building? A hundred percent? No. Will it be possibility? Yes. It, I, it goes down to would we rather do this or actually go into the unseen public where there are lots of nasty things and people. Cobalt, as you were literally saying all this, has already pulled out a torch and has started lighting it. <laughs> Okay, that is good enough for me. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Let me grab uh, some loose pieces of trash. I'm going to grab, gather up. You said it's kind of a mess in here, so I'm going to gather up anything yep. that looks flammable, put it into a pile in one of the corners, mm-hmm. and what we're going to do is I'm going to have Cobalt light it, Yep. and then we're going to go back out the window and uh and basically take up a vantage point outside and be watching inside that's perfectly fine so uh you guys uh start up the fire and you see it uh crackle and pop and eventually it starts to engulf the trap house and as it keeps eating away at the trap house you see the shadow of um, the snake grow bigger and bigger and from your vantage point, I'm going to assume that you guys found a uh, slope a little distance away. I'm going to say good like 80 feet away. And you guys look at it from a distance and you see the snake writhe and move around, then disappear. As the fire engulfs the building, you see that like a lot of the guards was dedicated to making the transfer uh, with the carriages and such. What you guys didn't plan for, though, was that it did have overgrown grass that wasn't dealt with and you see some of the sparks lighted even bigger fire and the great thing about the 
Jade Hills is that there is grass and it is pretty dry today. It hasn't rained in a hot while. And you see the fire start to grow bigger and bigger and go towards other mansions and estates. It looks like if it's not dealt with, it could burn down a few houses. Okay. Uh, let's see. I don't have anything. Cobalt, you have frostbite, right? And... It's like a, if, it, if it looks like it's about to spread, especially like in their direction, Cobalt, this is going to start ray of frosting at the... The grass that hasn't caught fire in order to serve as kind of like a uh, a catch barrier. Mm -hmm. Uh, can both you guys do me a favor and make a perception check? Tell me what you got. Nine. All right. Cobalt. There we go. Twenty. Twenty. So let's go back a few sessions ago, and let's have a scene of uh, dust popping his head out of reality and then putting himself back in, then bringing his hands out, then putting it back in, breaking the veil between the unseen public and reality itself. Well, what brings that to mind for you, Cobalt, is you see a hand pop out of reality once in a while, and you see a fire escape the hand as it helps the fire spread. It's, uh, does it keep coming from the same location or different locations? Different locations. It keeps popping up where you guys keep killing the fires, though. So occasionally, like, you'll douse, like, one side with uh, some ice crackling from your hand, uh, basically making a barrier for the fire, then it would start the fire more on the other side. Basically trying to continue the fire and create a little bit of chaos. Turns to Metal Man. Metal Man! Hmm. I'm trying to stomp out this fire. What is it? Cobalt think other person making fire worse in public place. Uh, why would they be do- Why? He scratches his head. Okay. That is really weird. Uh, at this point, I imagine the Jade Hills probably has some sort of volunteer fire service, or at least Bucket Brigade. Have they showed up yet, or anything to prevent this? Because I have a feeling they'd have some sort of countermeasure in place. Yeah, let's see. So, I'm going to say a good, like, amount of time it'd take a house to start on fire and spread. I'm going to say a good, like, 10-15 minutes have passed. And that's enough to cause cause for concern, as uh, smoke bills from the house. Hmm. I'm going to say in the distance you can see like people like getting ready for action, but they're not at your location yet as this fire keeps spreading. In fact, if uh, they make it to the location, they might see two people and might have a few questions for them. Yeah, but we're actively trying to stop the fire. So, so it looks like two citizens trying to, you know, stop. I imagine there's probably other civilians probably helping because... Uh, at this point, even after 10 minutes, that's still enough for people to be concerned, especially if there's mm -hmm. other places looking to get caught on fire. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say at the very minimum that you have like a, a Greyhound or two, because I doubt like a noble would jump to action. So here's what I'll say. I'll say that uh, two Greyhounds are already at the scene helping you guys uh, try to put out the fire. And uh, you guys are spraying ice. And uh, Asmodai, what are you doing to help put out the fire? Kick, like, dirt on it? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, I'll kick dirt on it. I'll be using my water skin that I have to try and douse it best I can. I also have... Oh, I thought I had some bags of flour. Nope, not a rope. Uh, yeah, so I'll be trying to kick dirt on it, stamp it out, keep it from getting... Uh, in fact, actually, by this point, I'll be 
using my shovel to tear the dry grass away from where it might be spreading to kind of create a barrier so there's not as much fuel for it to burn. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you guys do your best to uh, try to put out the fire, and eventually you see basically the bucket brigade coming in, like uh, bringing in uh, some stuff along with uh, mages that can produce water. And they uh, progressively try to put the fire out. And I'll say over the course of uh, 20, 30 minutes that they're able to extinguish the fire luckily before it reaches other estates. And we see like a uh, seen from the building as uh, people are dousing last bits of fire. And what about the trap house? Does that... Uh, how intact is that at the end of this? It's collapsed. With how rickety it was beforehand, the fire basically took out any, like, uh, support that I had left. It collapsed. So, it, yeah, you guys destroyed a house with a bit of fire and caused a little bit of a ruckus. And you see that a few people are, like, scratching their heads trying to figure out how the hell this happened. What do you guys do? I mean, uh, I will go to whoever looks like they're in charge showed up and be like, and give my wonderful uh, Good Samaritan testimony of what happened, uh, which is, so we were just walking along heading towards the estate uh, uh, the Earl's estate when we noticed a, a bit of smoke coming from this decrepit house and it began just spreading and spreading and we saw it beginning to go to the other houses and we did our best to contain it. Uh, okay. Roll deception with advantage and, uh, uh as you, uh, talk to it, I imagine the person's, uh, you, you know, you're talking to the first, uh, person from behind, they turn around and you see a... Uh, uh, basically a scarred, burnt face in the bald head of Fallon as he looks at you and just goes, Ugh, you again. Oh, just the person that I was going to come talk to. Yeah, that works out uh, perfectly. Um, he, he buys the story just going, yeah, it's it might be flood season, but the uh, air's getting a bit drier. And I imagine with a building like this, he looks at like the moldy, like burnt wood. Uh, it was bound to happen one day or another. It's just weird how this fire just kept spreading. And he looked around. Uh, my squire was saying he saw something odd. Squire looks down at Cobalt. Would you like to tell nice real felon man what you saw? And his eyes squint when you say real. <laughs> I have to be specific with him. Cobalt, <laughs> see! Cobalt think come from public place, hand, make fire bigger, and keep going. He just mumbles public place, and he basically just rubs his chin a little bit and goes, unseen public? Just raises an eyebrow. I will not. <laughs> and he just strokes his chin, just saying, oh, I've never heard of something that brings you back to reality and then back to it, jumping around all over the damn place. And he just thinks about it for a second. And he has a little bit of trouble believing it. Uh, Mega, can you make me a persuasion check? I would help you, but technically I didn't see it. Like, I mean, you're you're corroborating a story, but... <laughs> <laughs> With uh, uh, nine, uh, he found man is skeptical. He is. He just looks down at you and doesn't straight out tell you, no, that didn't happen. But he just looks around and tries to find a more viable theory for uh, his uh, report. Though, I am curious, that place seemed to be really odd. 
Why in the world was it still standing in the jade hills? Every everything else looked uh, much nicer. Yeah, he looks at you and just goes, "Well, let me think about it." And he calls over a soldier or two, and they like exchange a few words, and he just nods his head, just like I thought. Yeah, this uh, bit of property, a bit strange. Someone keeps paying for uh, the land uh, land tax, even though we don't see many people go in and out. But by law, it's falling the laws and keeping the earl's pockets full. So I never saw a need to tear it down. Did, it was an eyesore, give you that, but couldn't just burn it down. And he just smiles. Glad I actually did. I'll, I'll just laugh and go, <laughs> so who's the poor sap that is going to be losing their money? Any ideas? <laughs> he, uh, he just gives you a compulsive look and just goes, oh, I, it's a noble I'd never heard of. What, what the hell was his name? And he tries to, like, think it over. And goes, uh, the ones from uh, the desert, the, the black desert. What was his name? And he keeps tapping, like, uh, his head and just rubbing about. Just, like, saying uh, names like Felius, Gellius, Felius. And he just keeps going over a few names until it looks like he has a Eureka moment. And he says, uh, ah, the, the Delius dynasty, that's right, the, the merchant royalty, the, the cobra-headed folk. And he looks at you and just goes, yeah, they, they've been paying for it for a while. And usually, you know, like with a wealthy family like that, you'd assume that they would have upkeep. But, you know, this is more of a vacation home in a sense. You know, I really wish I could have that. Like, uh, Buff Table was the same person that uh, Leo made uh, relationships, or relations with at uh, the Lion's Den. Well, Captain, uh, would you mind as we uh, walk and talk as we head back to the estate, just to finalize some things for this evening? Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys begin to uh, walk and talk. And uh, as you guys... Well, I imagine the scene, like, uh, we see... A cowboy shot of both you guys walking, basically, you know, like, waist up. And we see you guys, like, you know, just wordlessly talking. And with that silent conversation going, we zoom back and we see a Cobalt, like, looking at the ashes of the house. And Cobalt, you do see the shadow of a snake on the ground following you. And I want to cut off from that. I'm gonna say that we look at dust, and we're we have an extreme close-up on his uh, furry eyelids, and they're closed, and we just hear like the thump of his heart, and we hear, and we zoom into the eyes, and we go to a monochromatic world. Dust, you're lazily looking around. You can't remember how long you've been here for, but you're on gray dirt, and you look at a black sea and in the sky is just pure white with blinking eyes instead of stars and in the familiar mountain range you see a giant a chitin armored figure using the mountain range as a throne and his crescent moon head staring at you tapping its finger waiting for you to speak i suppose this is due to me not having taken the rabbit's head yet and its voice booms. You have the rabbits ensnared, friends, fellow hunters, by your side. Now why is it that rabbits 
is a tongue and it waits. Sadly, some of the other hunters in my party aren't the brightest and let the rabbit have an advantage on us. It shakes his head. No, no, it was cowardice. Lack of conviction. You, you basically, like, see its uh, long tail. The lapping of the ocean begin to flood your uh, dirt. So the gray dirt becomes blacker by the sea. And it continues on by saying, You followed him. You stopped him. And what did you do? You waited. You watched. And what did you learn? Nothing when I can't see. It pounds its fist on the mountain and it sounds like an explosion. Nothing! And you feel a tug at your pants. And you look down and you see Alphonse, or at least the figure of Alphonse, basically missing arm. And he keeps tugging as it gets drawn away. He holds on to you as the current of the sea pulls him to ball. Well, I am going to try to break free. Break free from him? Yeah, I don't want him holding on to me, dragging me to death. He tried to kill me once. You see, like, it, like, he loses his grip, and it, he falls, like, into the sea, blending in with the blackness. Like, his black silhouette turning up, like, blending in with the the black of the sea. Then eventually he goes to the uh, cylindrical legs of Ball, the clear glass legs with the vortex of screaming souls. And you see that good old Alphonse has joined with the rest. And it says to you, You've let another one of your spawn die. And now he belongs to me. And see the crescent moon waiting for a good reason just to continue to let you have his power. You wish to see all these people hung, yet you do realize I am not the strongest of your servants. Given the right circumstances, I will not hesitate to take the blood. So when will the rabbit be alone next? And he thinks about it, and he... You you see a floating, like, jaw, a skeletal jaw that, like, meets the downward pointing of uh, the crescent. And you see it clank and grind against the top part. And it says to you, Your rabbit is in a burning building now quenched by water. And it leans forward to you. Go to the house and kill that rabbit. Before I go, I have one question. And you see right next to you, someone say, I do as well. Do you look to see who the person is? Yes. You see a blurry face. You look down. He meets your height. You don't know who this person is. I asked him, can you see me? He looks at you. Can you see me? Somewhat. With a blurried face. Yeah. And he says the same thing to you. Yeah. Your face is pretty blurry as well. Go on. Ask Master what he intends. Master. There are a few people wanting to know information about you. Do you have anybody out for you? Perhaps the Mabels and Masons, does that ring a bell? And you see him say nothing, doesn't move. He doesn't acknowledge the question. 
I will not answer to a mere mortal who has not done the simplest things for me. Be gone. And he snaps his fingers. You feel the rustling of, like, uh, uh, pushing you back and forth, going, uh, Buddy, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And we have an extreme close-up of your eyes as they spring open, and you see Jack basically waking you up, and he says, uh, It's 4 o'clock, buddy. It's time to get a rise and shine on the day. Would I have gotten a long rest again by this time? Yep, it's 4 o'clock. Jack, I heard uh, I need to find a burning building somewhere in the city. Have you seen any smoke? And he points out the window, and you see from this vantage point in uh, Leo's respite, like I said, um, Jade Hills is uh, at a higher elevation than uh, the Blighted Slums. You see upwards like a, a burning house in the distance and like the the smoke slowly dying. Jacked, I need your and Leo's help with something. There is a man we must kill. I'm sure you remember Nickel. He uh, nods his head to that. I think I know where to find him. All right. Then we uh, cut away and we hear knocking at the door. From uh, Leo finishing up his uh, conversation with uh, Yvette. Uh, Leo, what do you do? So the knocking is on my door? Yep, on your door. Who is it? Who do you think? And you hear Jack's gruff voice. Enter. He just opens it uh, momentarily and says, Dust wants to go. Come on. And just basically like uh, points his head outward. Lead the way. And leads you guys together. Um, what, what are you guys dressed up in? Like, how does your characters look? It's been a while since I had a visual of your characters. Well, on our way there, I'm going to ask, um, Leo to press the digitize the dirt off of me and make me clean like him. But I am wearing tattered, basically tattered clothes with the only really good part of my outfit is a hood with leather armor, all a very dark brown. Tried to dye black, but didn't really work. <laughs> what about Leo? Leo's still wearing a... He's changed elegant suits because the other one still had a hole in, which the guard never paid to fix like they promised. <laughs> um, then he's got his... Still has his top hat and monocle, and he uh, very gladly cleans dust because he's been kind of grossed out by him for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys are uh, walking along, and again, I need to uh, specify with the Blighted Slums, you guys do see uh, statues, and that's of uh, Delgar himself. And like I explained before, you just see like a dragon with a uh, ribbon smoke cloud coming from its mouth, going underneath the arms and behind the head. It seems like he's deified with the uh, uh, common people, or uh, 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 assumedly saving uh, the community every night. And this is the same dragon that I saw at the church, right? Yep. It's basically the most dominant religion with uh, the lower class. So, as you uh, guys are going along, you guys go past the marketplace. There's hustle and bustle as you guys are going along. And you see, like, uh, basically, you do see, like, the remains of the building no longer providing smoke. Oh, wait, we didn't have to pay a tax? I didn't say you got over there. I'm just saying, like, in the distance, you see it. Um... So you guys are uh, going over uh, Soldier's Pass, no other uh, uh, stops along the way. Leo, are you needing to stop anywhere before we do some damage to some unlucky nickel? No, I think I'm good to go. Mm. So uh, you guys are uh, going along, and you guys get to the toll booth. Uh, they ask for uh, 10 gold. Uh, do you both provide 10 gold? 
Yeah, I look at the guy asking for gold, and I'm just like, gesture to myself. I'd be like, really, dude? Gesture to your clothes, and the man gets up, like a nod. And uh, you guys go past the toll booth without having to pay any. Uh, Iceman did mention to take off a point of exhaustion, but I actually want you to keep that. Oh, I took off one for the the sleep one. I kept one for the the ball. I know, one. I know. I want so you keep to keep two. two. Yeah, two. It's two days without killing someone. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is what you get for making a pact with the evil god. He wants blood. Anyways, uh, as you guys are going along, and you get to the building, yeah, we do see dust eyelids are droopy, and Leo, you do notice like he's like. Uh, uh, every time, like, during the walk, you see him, like, occasionally, like, you know, knock out while he's walking, then shake his head as he's walking along. He's tired. You sure you're up for this, Dust? I have no other choice. Besides, I believe this will help our little plan for later. You see the ashes and uh, burnt wood of the building, and you guys stand before it. And again, since there's a uh, great time difference between, uh, like, all of you guys, I'm gonna cut off there really quick. So... We see uh, Iceman and Fallon walking and talking. And uh, what was the specifics? Uh, first, I'm going to say all of our men are ready for tonight. I'm going to ask for particulars about how we're going to uh, procure the magic items and do so uh, covertly and correctly without causing too much of a stir. Uh, and then also going to discuss particulars as far as what his cut is and that kind of things and then we're just going to talk business actual legitimate business and logistics for setting up guards making sure he approves of all the guys that i'm bringing so that uh no one sticks out too badly actually being cooperative with him mm -hmm. and uh he uh, uh he basically uh you guys go over the details for uh the guards in the mansion for uh tonight and he, he approves a lot of your suggestions, denies a couple, saying it's not smart, logical, or efficient. But uh, when it comes to, uh, like, actual business about the magical artifacts and, uh, uh, it just magical artifacts and uh, you guys uh, taking, a, like, a, a position and help guarding the nobles, he refers you to uh, David from the Magical Inquisition, saying, uh, you're gonna have to, like, uh, fingers in the air, bouncing them around when he says, uh, get baptized in the name of Siam to get approved but and looking at you seeing as you're the man that you are you can easily get around this the fat blubber likes to have coin in his hand if you catch my drift and he tells you now if you want to talk paperwork and getting around uh, the back room items that no one will miss he's the man to talk to i'll send him your way you guys can easily work out how to uh skimp a few items that no one will miss or uh paperwork that leads straight to you guys as uh, the buyers you guys get rid of it no issue whatsoever yeah and we can uh like if there's anything else you want to bring up we can uh yeah like cut yeah there's one thing. other thing i will let him know uh i'll tell from one last thing um i actually like I said, we came upon the building as easy it was already burning. However, that place had the reputation in the slums. That was, the, I think, the wild ones and probably possibly Clearwater 
there were rumors that they had a place in the Jade Hills that they were and were conducting business out of. If I had to guess, that might have been. Yep, and he nods at you going, well, that wouldn't make sense. I mean, that house wasn't too good to look at, and the best way to keep people from coming to it is making an eyesore. And he strokes his chin a bit and goes, well, that would make sense why the Delius dynasty would keep paying for it. It might have been a forged name or possibly cover. And he scratches his chin a little bit and goes, yeah, that, that wouldn't make sense. And he looks at the building. Better it burns down. You ready to cut? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you basically uh, come knocking at the office, and uh, uh, it, again, this is a nice-looking place. It damn near looks like a chapel, but has no, like, a, it basically is not a place of worship. Uh, you knock on the door, and you see an orc butler go, why, hello, and uh, basically gives you a bow, and basically opens up the door and lets you in. And you see, like, you know, a hallway or two down in, like, an open office, you see a uh, a fat man with a cyst on his face, like quill in hand, parchment, writing down a few things. Yeah, all, all ass of butlers were going in, what is your master's title? <laughs> yeah, and he goes, uh, why, he's an apostle of uh, of the Magical Inquisition. Wanted to make sure that I got my formalities correct, and I will slip him a silver piece. Yep, and he takes it slyly, like no one notices, like he's done this a lot. <laughs> Alright, uh, and then I will go up. Also, Cobalt's still with me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear what Cobalt, like, is doing when he's coming into this nice place. Like, exactly how big is this, anyway? Just for... Um, I was gonna say, like, uh, the Church of Delger matches it in size. Uh, like, uh, the only place that you've seen is bigger is the state, uh, Diamond's estate. So, I'm gonna say about, like, uh, it, it's 30 foot, uh, to a ceiling, so it's pretty big. It just says that, like, why all buildings in this part of city bigger than any house Cobalt ever seen? This is where all the people with the most amount of shiny are. Wait, shiny can make big houses? What magic is that? It. What you do is you give shiny to people that make houses, and they make houses real big. But they only make it big if you have lots of shiny to give them. Oh. It just kind of like looks around, thinking back a moment, and nods to his head, like nods his head. Uh, Master wouldn't like this place. And just continues following you. And as you do say that, like there are depictions of you know, like uh, basically wall murals of Siam, uh, the blind god, uh, taking uh, attacks, damage from uh, mortals like uh, of every race, and his pain making uh, basically a spiritual weapon that slashes down beasts, dragons, and all sorts of things. So yes, your master would not like this place. As you guys are moving along, you get to uh, David's office, and he looks up to you and goes, Who are you? Uh, hello there, uh, my, uh, my humble procure. Uh, I have been sent by uh, Captain Fallon. I'm a... Uh, it has been requested that I get baptized in the name of Siam. Ah, uh, can you guys uh, do a perception check on uh, documents that he's working on? Because he's, uh, like, going to pull it away and put it into a drawer. I'm not sure if I realistically can work on a desk. That's a natural one. All right, that's fine, then. If uh, you think your height's going to make it impossible for you. So you don't see anything. It just looks like scribbles, and he puts it in a drawer. He, uh, like, leans back 
and uh, like folds his hand or yeah, folds his fingers into each other. And he says to you, uh, baptism, is it? And he looks you up and down, sniffs the air a bit and goes, I smell a bit of paganism with you, child. Do you praise a heathenous god? Not in the strictly sense, no. I think what you're smelling is the slums that I woke up in this morning. And he gives you a half-hearted chuckle and goes, Yeah, that might be it. It might be it. Hmm. It and certainly smells like sin and paganism down there. And he starts to, uh, like, uh, grab brazers really quick. I'll just hold up my hand. <laughs> yep, he stops while he's grabbing brazers and goes, What, do you not have the money to be baptized? Oh, no, I do, but I th was going to say, I think CM would most be most well-served in this situation if, say, there were five extra gold pieces on top of the standard fee. And he squints his eyes, and he goes back to the desk, sits down, and says to you, What is your name? You may call me Esmodai. Esmodai. You see, do you know the law for uh, falsely baptizing a person under the name of Sion? Do you know what that entails? I will just put ten extra coins up and go, I'm sure it is not something that we will ever be doing here in this holy house. And he basically taps you for uh, one more raise and gives you a look. Alright, fifteen extra gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... The regular bat, uh, baptism process is about 10 gold, and adding 15 on top of that, that's about 25. So he takes away 25 gold uh, from you and goes, uh, he just waves his hand and, uh, around you and just goes, In the name of the blind god, you are blessed. And just, <laughs> just. That was a wonderful baptism. Oh, thank you so much. I feel so enlightened. Cole just is looking at this whole scene really confused. <laughs> And, and he uh, writes you up a document and rolls it up and gives it to you. And it basically, uh, like, it's a certificate saying that you are baptized uh, for uh, nobles to investigate. I assume he makes his own copy. Yeah, yeah. Right. He, make, he makes two copies of it. Here's here's the receipt for your bribery. Uh, yep. <laughs> all right, now that that is out of the way, I assume that you've been talking... Or at least been informed by the captain of what is going to possibly happen tonight. And I'll just give a wry smile. Yeah, he looks at your smile and he feigns ignorance. Because uh, enough time hasn't passed for them to talk exactly. So he, he's a little confused. But he leans back with questioning gaze and goes, I can't say that I do. We just do upright business in the magical inquisition. Of course. Well, see... My group, the reason I'm here is we're going to be running supplementary consulting and security for the foreseeable future for the Jade Hills. We'll be taking over for the Greyhounds. And I just wanted to make sure, uh, as there are many, many magical items going up for tonight... Uh, that, you know, a few might slip into the cracks and things, and I just want to make sure if my men, uh, that you were aware that my men would, of course, be making sure 
that if anything slips through the cracks, that they will uh, be found and taken well care of. And he nods in understanding and goes, Well, here's the problem. If something were to slip through the cracks, I would prefer that uh, a man of noble standing take uh, the items in question. And then after that, it's not so much of my issue, you see. Do you understand? Don't want anything to bite me for being careless now, would you? Oh, of course not. That is why, you know, my men are supervised by Captain Fallon. And he's assured us that uh, he will help take uh, responsibility of anything that is found and to make sure that it goes to its proper place. And I will nod very sagely and emphatically. And he goes, well, that is uh, missable, but... Uh, you see, Fallon, he is not of noble standing. He does do God's work and does, like, quick, like, hand prayer. And he says, but uh, he is not what I wish to uh, see fall from uh, the artifacts in question. Now, say, and he thinks about it for a moment, looks at a few documents and goes, if a man, have you heard of Leo, Mr. Longpaw? Uh, <laughs> inward suppression of face palm. He goes, <laughs> he, uh, he says to you, if uh, the artifacts were to fall in his hands and uh, transfer to another's, I would see no issue with it. Would you? Well, I don't know this individual. I, I I have such a hard time trusting people I do not know. No, well, worry not, worry not. Uh, I will handle the expenses on uh, his side to make sure that he's encouraged to uh, hand off uh, said lost items to you. But understand that uh, should something go awry, it goes back to him and you. So handle with care. I, I am confused. Why is are you, is Mr. Longpo involved at all? In fact, if from all accounts, Mr. Longpo should have no access to such items, and my men and I will make sure that uh, there is no thievery or anything underhanded going on. As we said, there's no such thing as thievery, just uh, us losing our items. It's just I'm saying... If we were to lose our items, I'd prefer that they end up in nobler hands. It's all procedure. Trust me, trust me. And he files away a few documents and says, Please, and writes down uh, what address uh, Leo gave him, gives it to you, and goes, Please do discuss in detail with him. Once you and him come back, we can further iron out the details and... Uh, come to immiscible terms. But I see bright things. I see bright things with this deal. <laughs> Asmund, I will stop and say, eh, Mr. Longpaw's reputation is not one to me that would have noble standing mayhaps. There is another that you would have in mind of such noble standing, you know, that uh, mayhaps could see these things transferred he uh, thinks about it for a second and uh, says, Well, uh, uh, you have one of two ways, but uh, do you expect uh, a fine cut of the magical artifacts if uh, you make a deal with them? 
The reason why I suggest Leo is I might be black-hearted and see him save me. Might be a little on the vice side, but I still have a kind heart. I know Leo will keep you straight, but if you do go with the, these other two options, uh, he shakes his head, you might, for lack of better terms, be fucked. But so be it me. And he writes down two family names with their addresses for you to talk to. It's uh, Bennington and Dalemore. So, so that I am clear, you more or less want somebody who is going to be the face when these items and I'll hold up my hands in air quotes, full through the cracks. And he says, yeah, I, I'm responsible for the documentation of this auction. And if said items were to disappear without a buyer of reputable standing, then we have an issue. And that issue shifts to me, then to the gallows, then he motions for, you know, neck to the side, rope up with his hand. I die. So... You need a face. Please come back to me with one. And he gives you the three contacts. Leo, Dale Moore, and Bennington. All three of them traitors of reputable standing. Alright. And I will nod and say, We will be back shortly. While, I, while we procure such nobles of good standing. Mm-hmm. Alright, um, I'm gonna say with all this... Departure. Yeah, I was gonna say, with all this moving back and forth, I'm gonna say, like, uh, the time in between both groups are, like, uh, shortening by. For the sake of consistency, I'm gonna say, like, you guys have, like, a good, like, 10, maybe... No, not 10. A good, like, 20, 30 minutes in between, like, the time gap between both groups. Now... That's it. <laughs> okay. We, we've been doing a lot of role-playing and, like, talking. I'm gonna say, like, the majority of the time is traversing through the city. Uh, this just to make things easier on me so uh where the hell were we going with this uh i spam what are you specifically doing you going to dale moore or bennington family uh one second so as we're le once we get outside i'm just gonna look at cobalt and i'm going to curse very loudly <laughs> uh, uh sorry do not mean to to frighten you gosh Dang it, I do not want to... I want your... How do I say that exactly? The the word for false face, it's... <laughs> so, Cole goes like, uh, Little boy, <laughs> toward the end! That house say it... That you sound like... You sound like Cobalt Clutchling, but it sound okay. <sighs> I want... Uh, I'm tired of everywhere I turn lately. I'm seeing him. He's been here for a, a few days. I am so tired of everywhere I turn that name keep popping up. What would I know of the other two families that are mentioned? Um, make me a history check, please. Oh, oh, I'm great at these. Mm -hmm. Seven. Not, Seven. Not crap. Uh, they work with trading. And it's hard to tell the difference what, like, different trading both the families are in. But, you know that. Cobalt listened for you. When fat men with a lot of shiny tell you seriously that you'll get screwed over by someone, take that to take that very seriously. 
if he's calling himself the nice and charitable one. I do not want to do this. He is like questioningly crude over. Uh, how would you say it? Not, not quite betrayed, but uh, taken advantage of. Do you understand? It is hard to explain. Oh, like what big valid man do cobalt? Kind of. A little bit like that. Yes. A little like that, but not as harsh. Like, for example, say you want to sell me, or say that I have 20 apples, and it costs me a lot of shiny to make to get said apples, and I have to sell them at, say, two shinies in order to make any profit. Well, someone who would screw you over would say, Oh, I will give you two shinies for each apple. But then what he does is he takes a knife and he just takes all the apples for you and leaves you with one shiny. That's screwing you over. And I said that slowly. That person sound like be punished with lightning. Unfortunately, in the city, those people often have lots of power and don't get punished. Like Falseface. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that really bad. It is the way the world works. Cobalt don't like the world anymore. <laughs> I will pat him on the head like, oh, you poor sweet summer child. Alright. <laughs> I want to cut off on that. Uh, is there anything else you guys are doing to kill the time so we can bridge the gap? I will buff my armor and my shield to look much more presentable. I'm also going to take either get either some sort of charcoal or something that will uh, go black over my gauntlet or even look for like some tape or something yeah. and put it over the red mark on my gauntlet. And I will instruct that no one in the gang, I probably should have said this earlier, has any of their Crimson Fist logos, tattoos, what markings visible. Mm, yeah, so uh, they, they they fall that line. I'm going to say that was a, like, you talk to the boss specifically and he agrees with you, like, to put on a better face for um, uh, the Jade Hills. Uh, you can do that and I'm going to say, like, uh, as you guys are going along and Mega, you still see, like, in the distance, you see that occasional flicker of, like, a, a snake. And I, I'm going to say this is where the, like, two timelines meet. You guys did a lot of talking today, met a lot of faces, basically organized and orchestrated a lot of deals. And you guys look in the distance and you do see Dust, Leo, and uh, Jacked uh, walking up to this abandoned, now destroyed building that you guys uh, dealt with. Um, What do you guys do? Uh, Iceman and Mega specifically after, you know, that shit. I'll look at Kobold and I'll just stop and be like, and sigh very deeply and go, I did not want to do this, Cobalt, but we're going to have to talk. If you feel scared, worried that Dusty Kitty is going to do something to you, hide behind me. I will make sure that he cannot hurt you. But be prepared, he's probably not going to be very friendly. Cobalt just takes the biggest gulp that his tiny body can make and nods. All right. 
uh, you guys uh, walk up. Uh, Dust, John, you feel like someone's watching you. You know, that kind of feeling. And you guys turn around and you see them both approach. What's both your guys' reactions? Well, how far away are they? I'm going to say, like, you notice them 40 feet away. And they're, you know, closing distance. Leo, Jack, do you guys still have the numb tongue I gave you? And Jack looks at you and goes, I was never given any. Well, above table, I believe I gave him and Velcut some and told him they didn't need to take it. No, uh, Jack refused. Like, full on. Didn't even take it. And holds out a hand for it. I'll put some in his, because I, yep. I have a bunch, actually. Yeah, he uh, takes uh, the numb tongue and, uh, like, um, keeps it in his hand. Well, we'll probably need this to find Nickel. Mm-hmm. And he nods. And... Uh, you see the, the other group uh, come up to you while you guys are doing this exchange. Uh, how do you guys react? I'm kind of waiting to see how, how Dust is going to react to the situation. Asmodai is doing the same. He's got he's got a hand on his warhammer, or down by his warhammer, rather. So I want to specify, yeah, like uh, Leo and Asmodai are observing the situation. Dust, Mega, you have the floor. Mm. Dust looks blankly at Cobalt as he takes the numb tongue and chews it looking at him the whole time until he disappears I guess I'll, I'll follow suit uh, no you wait I need to talk to you before you two scamper off for whatever it is you're going to do yeah and you guys do Let's say that alright I'm going to I have a business opportunity for you what is it you know that there is a big gala going on tonight, yes? I'm aware. Certain items are going to be... Uh, how is the word? Going to slip a bit through the cracks. And in order to make the whole process seamless, we need someone who, and he's going to hold up his hands, won the auction. And it has been suggested that you would be a good person for this. And in exchange, I will make sure that one of the valuable items goes into your possession. As well as garnering favor with my organization. And that will take the form of... And he sighs and says... We will reduce the cost of your protection by half. <laughs> like, all this petty squabbling between us got a child killed. I don't want that to happen again. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Uh, I, I, I'm going to incite that. That was way too easy. <laughs> oh, I mean, you can roll your deception, but... Did it get sure. above 18? No. Okay, it doesn't matter if it was persuasion, deception on your side, no matter what check. Uh, give whatever answer you want to, Leo. I mean, I just... He looks in my eyes and sees sincerity. Oh, it is also good to, for you to know. My group is going to be running security for tonight. So that is how that is going to go. We'll need you at the auction posing... At least present, you don't have to bid on anything, but you're going to be walking away, at least on paper, having won a few things. And also, I need you to come with me at some point before the gala and talk with... What was that term again? Pro... Pro... What was it? 
the procure? Sure. The procure of seam, so that we can get all of this ironed out. Very well. I'll see you after we deal with our other business. And what would that be? I just popped the numb tongue in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Great job on communication, guys. Yeah. You got you got a lot done. Uh, just to clarify, do you mean the apostle of um uh, Sam? Yeah, I thought you yeah. said a different word. No, yeah, it was apostle. Um, yeah. Uh, Asmodai, you look around and realize you're alone. Uh, it seems like Mega left a while, or Cobalt left a while ago. Did he go into the unseen public? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got no. I've literally got no way of going there. Yeah. <laughs> this has been House Common Blood. The intro music by White Sand Promise, and the outro music by Darren Curtis. Times up. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us.